0: Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the Rhode Island Avenue Radio. I'm Kyle Todd, and I'm the director of the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street program located in northeast Washington, D.C.
1: And I'm your host, Michelle Yancey. Each week, we'll be bringing you news and stories about businesses on Rhode Island Avenue Main Street.
0: Whether it's a brand-new business in the community or a business that has been here for decades, we'll be spotlighting a different business each week and sharing their stories with you.
1: We'll also be talking to local leaders in the D.C. economic development scene, from experts in small business processes to local elected officials. We'll be learning about all the resources available to support small businesses and economic growth in the D.C. region. But first, Kyle, why don't you talk a little bit more about Rhode Island Avenue Main Street? What is a Main Street program?
0: So a Main Street program uh, is designed to help support small businesses. Uh, the Main Street program was originally started 30 to 40 years ago by the National Trust for Historic Preservation just to, to try to revitalize some of the small-town downtowns across the country. And it was so successful that they've, they've launched it in urban programs, and, uh, and D.C. has eight Main Street programs. We're, we're one of them here on Rhode Island Avenue Northeast.
1: So how did uh, Rhode Island Avenue Main Street get started?
0: Well, we originally started uh, in 2011 as, uh, as just a group of, of neighbors uh, in the community, and, and we were frustrated by a complete lack of, of neighborhood-serving businesses in the, in the corridor close to us. We really, we really were just looking for a place to, to get a good cup of coffee within close walking distance. So we formed Friends of Rhode Island Avenue Northeast in November of 2011, and hosted our very first community meeting. Uh, we, we sent out emails to everybody in the in the community on the neighborhood listservs and had a fantastic turnout for uh, a meeting to talk about what neighbors would like to see on Rhode Island Avenue. We knew, everybody knew in the community that the development was coming. We knew that we were surrounded by development projects and it was just a matter of time before Rhode Island Avenue Northeast caught the attention of, of developers. And we wanted to make sure that everybody in the community had a voice in what type of development comes to Rhode Island Avenue. So uh, we, we worked hard. We got our 501c3. And, um, and when the Department of Small and Local Business Development launched the grant for Rhode Island Avenue Main Street Program, we applied and were awarded the grant starting in uh, December 2013.
1: So, how does a Main Street program benefit the businesses in the area
0: ah well we uh, we support small businesses in a variety of ways. Uh, we offer small grants to help businesses improve the facades of their of their buildings, whether it 's a fresh coat of paint, a new sign, new windows um, we also uh, work with the entire corridor in promotional events, like our Fall Festival. This uh, will be our fourth year to host Fall Fest. Uh, the next Fall Fest is on October third, so go ahead and mark your calendars now. And we help small business owners and uh, and managers from what's called a small business technical support or technical assistance program. Uh, providing them with training opportunities, uh, so that as entrepreneurs they are growing and growing their business at the same time.
1: So, is a Main Street program the same as a Great Street? I've heard both of these used in reference to the Rhode Island Avenue Northeast project.
0: No, they are not the same program. Uh, like I said, uh, Main Streets is is part of a national program, and Great Street is uh, it's a very it's a DC specific program. We're we're very lucky in that Rhode Island Avenue is both a main street and a great street, but uh, great streets are managed through uh, the Department of, excuse me, the Deputy Mayor for Planning Economic Development, and they provide grants uh, to small businesses for capital infrastructure uh, programs, building out the inside of their building or getting new heavy equipment, uh, whatever they need. And and then some money has been allocated to the District Department of Transportation for streetscape improvements. Uh, we're going to be looking forward to seeing some improved sidewalks, uh, perhaps uh, some enlarged tree boxes, and, and some, some better overall outside appearances uh, along Rhode Island Avenue Northeast.
1: Okay. Now that we have an overview of the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street Program, it's time to talk about one of the many longtime businesses here – I'm with Emily Arden-Eklund, co-founder of Recreative Spaces. She's with us this morning to discuss its role in the DC area. Good morning and welcome. Good morning, thanks for having me. Sure. You and co-founder John Kegia came up with the idea of developing spaces for creativity. How did this idea happen?
2: So we um, are both creatives in our own right. Um, I come from the dance world. Um, John is a photographer. Uh, we actually met at an event that I was um, putting on. It was a panel discussion on space for artists in the um, in the D.C. area um, about a year and a half ago now. And uh, I was talking about a project I had done in Philadelphia, um, a sort of short-term temporary use uh, space that was um, for artists um, and creatives for a week. And uh, after I was done talking, um, he came up to me and said... This is totally weird, but i 've been developing a very similar project. Um, so we uh, joined forces, um, happened sort of new right away, um, made sense to, to work together um, and for about a year, um, we 've been developing um, you know, this project, and um, we were first doing events in um, our homes and um, businesses and other places that would have us. Um, the Mankiti group is actually one of the, the, the space where we met, um, and then we did one of our first events there in their offices on Ethan Monroe. Um, and so that's what sort of started the partnership um, of this longer-term um, temporary use space. Um, we work directly with Mankiti Group um, in their Unleashed commercial spaces. So we um, are right now at 1613 Rhode Island Avenue. Um, and we uh, moved in in December, and we'll be there uh, for sure through the end of June. Um, and we're th- that's where we've been able to stage um, this arts programming.
1: So how did you and John decide upon the name Recreative Spaces?
2: So for us, it's um, this idea of taking um, space that is unlikely, unused, underused, um, and recreating it, literally turning it into um, this hub of creativity. Um, so for us, um, for me, it's, it's the um, sort of blend of um, both the, the creative activity and also the space itself. I studied architecture um, uh, for a brief point um, between dancing professionally and starting this organization.
1: Great. So, Emily, your travels have taken you to California, Washington State, New Orleans, and Philadelphia. How would you say your travels have influenced the decision to highlight and expose the talents of local artists?
2: Um, so I, I have moved a lot in my life. Um, but D.C. is always a second home, um, and I always keep coming back here. So I've, I've been here since 2001, on and off. Um, so for me, my dance career has happened here. This is where my artistic um, Roots are um, and sort of my creative life. So, the, um, the role that I've developed and um, being able to be a performer and also a presenter um, have happened here in the DC area and um, want to continue to really highlight that. And I love to travel, I, I, I miss the places I've lived. Um, you know, California is my, my first home. Um, but I certainly am uh, really, really grateful to be in this area. I think particularly right now there's so much happening um, creatively and I'm really glad to be a part of it.
1: What is the mission of Recreative Spaces?
2: So we um, are a place that um, connects artists with communities and community um, with art. Um, so really in whatever forms that means and that takes, um, we are trying to make space that is affordable um, both for artists to be able to use um, for Um, rehearsals and classes and events, but also for um, the community to be able to take part in really high quality, um, high awesome art, we call it at low cost. Emily, what does art do? Uh, So it's something that um, for me has always been, um, you know, I I always say dance sort of saved me. Um, So growing up, I, you know. Parents were divorced too, and um, moved, a, you know, a ton. Um, I think everyone has things in their life that that they go through, and f- and for me, being able to go to the dance studio literally every day um, was something that um, grounded me, that um, gave me strength and um, dedication, um, and and a sense of community um, that I didn't find other places. So that's something that's carried me through my life, um, and I, I just continue to see that over and over again. Um, it, with the communities we're working with that even having a space where we, uh, most of our events we put out um, what we call the Plaza Art Table. So Plaza Art Supply donates supplies to us um, and we literally just have a table out um, that's covered in art supplies and um, seeing you know the community come in, um, maybe they think they're coming in to see an art show or a performance um, and sitting down at the table together and, and drawing something or creating something um, really just as a way to... Uh, awaken or, or, um, incite things, um, that we don't often get enough of.
1: So what would you say your favorite art form is?
2: I, uh, gosh, I think, um, I, the reason I do this is because I love that collaboration. Um, and I love seeing what happens in our space. Um, that's, that's unique. Um, and so in fact, we have an event called Duet Roulette, um, that's happening tomorrow night at 7.30, um, and uh, we ask, invite anyone who has any sort of creative talents, whatever that may be. Um, even if they think they don't have a talent, um, we found that the audience will start to participate. So um, two names are picked out of a hat at random, um, paired together, and they get um, get up and do an on-the-spot duet. And it could be someone, we've had a sign language interpreter, we've had storytellers, dancers, um, and seeing what happens um, and this new sort of growth that happens from um, those collaborations um I guess back to your question dance has always been my my art form so that's um, sort of my first love but I'm I'm really grateful to work um, with artists across genres So what
1: does an artist have to do to have a performance or display art, conduct a workshop, hold a seminar, or teach an artistic technique at Recreative Spaces? Uh, Talk to me.
2: (laughs) that sounds easy enough. (laughs) We um, have space available to rent. So um, if it's studio space, um, we have um, photographers that use our space um, for photo shoots, um, workshop classes, those kinds of things. It's $10 an hour to rent our space. Um, For events, um, if it's a... whether it be an art event or even just a private um, party, um, it's fifty dollars an hour to rent space. So, are there any restrictions on the art forms that are allowed? Um, certainly not. All, not any restrictions in terms of what we allow. Um, just the, the space constraints itself. So, we don't have. We can't do aerial work and things like that. The ceilings don't um, aren't good for that in our space currently. Um, and our, you know, I, I think it's really um, it's about coming in and making sure it's a good fit. Um, Because it's a temporary space, we've been very creative about the way we've constructed it. So we don't have walls. Uh, We we have uh, muslin that we put up instead. So we can still hang work. We have monthly gallery shows. Um, But I I think the artists themselves have to be comfortable with the space we have.
1: So you mentioned that your uh, Recreative Spaces is at 1613 Rhode Island Avenue. Can you tell me what funding sources are necessary for maintaining
2: the space? It's a great question, and we're still working on it. Um, we have um, a really fantastic partnership with the Mankiti Group, and first and foremost, that's that uh, has been what has allowed us to be in this space. Um, so as I mentioned, they allow us to be in there while they're looking for a long-term tenant. Um, so th- that is... Um, the partnership that's allowed us to, to be able to keep our costs low. Um, we've done crowdfunding uh, a, a few times. Um, we are in the middle of a crowdfunding campaign specifically for a um, festival that's coming up in May. Um, but for the most part, it's um, it's sort of a lean organization at this point. And so we have ticket sales, and, you know, the, the rentals themselves, um, and sale of artwork. If, if we have a show up, um, we take a commission, uh, a small commission off of the work itself. But... Um, we are, we're looking sort of to diversify what that means and, and potentially looking into grant funding and things like that for next year. Rhode Island Avenue uh, is the second location for recreative spaces. What was the first? We were on Bunker Hill Road, um, so not far away and um, I think uh, you know it was sort of that this is the space on Rhode Island Avenue that was available for us and, but I fell in love the minute we sort of set up shop there so um, definitely working with Nikiti Group to, to try to maintain um, our presence, um, in the area. We really enjoy being there.
1: Recreative spaces has been in existence, as you said, for about two years. What are some of the challenges, uh, that were overcome in creating recreative spaces?
2: Uh, I think the, you know, for us, this is, uh, something that I've, I've tried, um, in other iterations in the past and working with, um, real, with developers or real estate, um, uh, businesses. And it's always been that, um, it's always been a barrier to, to have them understand the, the, um, I I guess, you know, the need for art, um, and, and why that would be good for their business. And, um, so that's been a challenge, um, for me over several years. Um, and, you know, I think, again, it's sort of been a blessing to, to be able to work with Mankiti Group because they just absolutely understand the, um, the importance and the, um, you know, the the partnership, um, with an arts organization. So, um, at this point, I think it's, it's still about, you know, getting the word out and, um, having people understand, you know, I, I tell people if I have a friend, an an artist that is interested in using the space and I say, let me know what you want to do. That's sort of overwhelming for them, you know, as opposed to me giving them structure, um, telling them exactly what is available in our space. But really this is a place to create and experiment.
1: What is the relationship between Rhode Island Avenue, Main Street,
2: and Recreative Spaces? Well, um, we are, um, I believe, um, that bring art to a community um, helps to, to revitalize it. And what, um, what we're trying to do is, is not uh, necessarily bring in other artists, but to have a space that is really available and accessible for the community. Um, we also work... Uh, directly with the local businesses on Rhode Island Avenue. So we have great partnerships um, with Zeke's Coffee and um, Good Food Market. Um, We also work with uh, Grassroots Gourmet farther down Rhode Island Avenue. Um, And one of the things that we're trying to do um, through this festival that we're um, holding in May um, is to sort of show our appreciation for the the neighborhood that we're in, for our our neighbors themselves, for the businesses that are there, um, and to, you know, for other um, D.C. residents or... Maryland of Virginia, Virginia residents um, to appreciate the the uh, Rhode Island Avenue um, Main Street as much as we do.
1: So I understand Recreative Spaces is sponsoring two events that are upcoming. One, and you can just tell us when they are. One, a meet and greet, and then an Uprising
2: Festival. Yes. Yeah, so the meet and greet is happening at uh, tomorrow as well, from two to four p.m. That's uh, a Saturday, um, and really just a, a chance for us to open our doors and um, welcome our neighbors. Um, we are, you know, as, as this really is a startup, and as I said, a lean organization, it's kind of just me during the day, so unfortunately, I haven't had as much time as I would like to meet um, our neighbors, and so this is a chance for them to come into our space, see our current gallery show, um, hear more about what we're doing, um, you know, uh, show them what's available and accessible for them, and also talk about our uprising festival that's happening. Um, the festival itself is May 24th. We'll go from 1 p.m. to 1 a.m. Oh, And it is um, taking place mostly in our space. Uh, We've scaled back a bit. Um, I had very large ambitions for the first year, and um, we will make this a a yearly event, and we're working directly um, with Rhode Island Ave uh, Main Street um, to make this uh, a part of um, the the Main Street um, planning uh, for next year. But for this year, we will be um, having events throughout our space um, and also working with the local businesses to... um, have art happening in their spaces as well.
1: So how should uh, some of the artists that might want to get involved, how should they do that? How should they contact you? So
2: we have an application up online. It's a quick um, Google... Survey, um, and it's really the application itself is just to let us know that they're interested. Um, it may, I think, the the app application deadline has passed, but we're still wel- welcoming artists. Um, so if you go to our website, uh, www. Recreative, actually, I don't think we use the www, uh, just recreativespaces.com, Com, um, and uh, you'll you'll be able to click on the first page there um, for the Uprising Festival.
1: So any listeners that are interested can also go to your website to just see what's happening absolutely great well thank you very much emily thank you thanks for joining us today please be sure to join us next time when we are interviewing the owners of the newest restaurant on rhode island avenue Nito.
0: and i'll be chatting with melissa jest from the national trust for historic preservation so be sure and tune in next week